right. Yeah. Hey. Here we go. We are working on the sound system. I'm just glad it worked for worship. So welcome to a Tuesday night at round tables. If you haven't been at one of these before, the reason we sit at these round tables is because a few months ago, we started hearing from folks, hey, I've been coming for two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, and I haven't really met anyone. So we thought, oh, we can fix that. We'll put you at tables together where you have to get to know a few other folks. So hopefully that's happening, and it's gonna happen a little bit more as we go tonight. Uh, we are going to have a few different breaks where you're going to discuss something that I'm going to bring up uh, it, as we continue on. I'm just afraid, by the way, at any second, the microphone's going to come on and it's going to scare me to death and all of you too. Yeah. Uh, Brandon, did we just keep yelling? Okay. I'll just keep yelling. Eric, can you hear me? Okay. That's great. So <clears throat> there's this little thing. There's this little thing called Sabbath. Sabbath is my, this is probably not an overstatement. I think it's the most grossly neglected teaching in the church. And the problem, if you're someone like me who is responsible for teaching people in the church, is that in James 2, we're told, not, don't many of you be teachers because the judgment for you is stricter. Part of my job is to take a look at the scriptures and to be able to break the scriptures apart for the people that God has been ministering to so that you can take those scriptures and begin to order your life around those scriptures so that you present a life that's pleasing to the Lord at the end and you walk in his grace in the process. Now, the problem is that it's going to take us a couple of weeks to really work through some of the nuts and bolts of Sabbath. So the consequence part of not following Sabbath, and there's actually a big consequence for not following Sabbath. We're not going to look at that until next week. So deep breath. You can't be convicted about something you don't know. <laughs> however, next, oh yeah, that sounded strong. Um, however, next week, we're going to get into what happens if I know about Sabbath? What happens if I'm not living out Sabbath? What does that look like? And we're actually going to see one of the biggest narratives in the Old Testament took place as a punishment for the people of Israel not following Sabbath. Now, that also means you have to ask the question, if you're a thinking person, you said the people of Israel. I'm not the people of Israel. I'm a, I'm a born-again believer. I'm a, I'm a Gentile. Maybe you have, if you have Messianic, if you have Jewish roots and you're a completed Jew, you still have to say, well, I've been told I don't have to live by the law because a lot of what we're going to look at tonight is Old Testament. However, we always want to look to the New Testament to see what it magnifies of the Old Testament. And if it does away with anything, why and how does it do away with it? Spoiler alert, the New Testament affirms Sabbath. The bottom line is, and I'm going to say this up front, the reason you don't hear much about Sabbath is because not many people in ministry are good at Sabbath. Most people in ministry are trained to produce and get more and have a bigger church and take care of their people more, and they end up burnout and cheating on their wives or stealing from the church or something like that. Sabbath is a gift. 
that the Lord has given to all of us. And I want us to take a deep breath as we do a little dive into the very first book of the Old Testament. So turn to Genesis chapter 1. Simply because of the microphone situation, I think you'll hear some of these better. This is not your table discussion. If you'll read a couple of these verses together at your tables. So we're going to take a look at Genesis 1, 22, and also Genesis 2, 3. I want you to look at both of those verses real quick. I'm sorry, Genesis 1, 22, Genesis 1, 28, and Genesis 2, 3. 122, 128, and 23. Ready? You're going to read them out loud, though, at your table. So, three times in Genesis 1, God uses the word blessed. So, let me read them to you. Genesis 1:22. God blessed them, saying, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the waters in the seas, let the birds multiply on the earth. Genesis 1.28, that was the fish and the birds that God blessed. In verse 28, he blesses the people, and God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish in the sea, over the birds of the heavens, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And then Genesis 2.3, I'm going to read all the first couple of verses of Genesis 2 to put it in context. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done. And he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day, and he made it holy, because on it God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. I'm going to pray for us real quick. Lord, just ask that you would teach us tonight about this idea of Sabbath, this gift that you've given us, this command that you've given us. Lord, I ask that you would work around the microphone. I know I have to yell a little bit. Just ask that you would get attention, get, get our heart's attention and get our mind's attention. And Lord, draw us into this deep fellowship offering. Whoa. There we go. I'll keep praying. That's definitely me. All right, let's, let me pray for us. Lord, we do thank you that the microphone works. And I do thank you for this group, and I do thank you for this gift that we have of Sabbath. Lord, help us to seek you in understanding what it is and how to honor you in it. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, just a little side note. A couple minutes ago, I was like, Thomas, you should just pray. Like, you should just pray about the microphone. And I didn't. should always just stop and pray. All right, here we go. So, when we look at, at this idea of Sabbath, we're look, we have to look at it in context, and we have to say, okay, what's happening in the biblical narrative here? God uses, the word is Barak, just like our former president, Barak. The word is Barak, and the word Barak means blessed. So, three times in the creation account, God blesses something. He blesses creatures. He blesses humans, and then he blesses a day. Now, when you look around and you look at your pets, if you have pets, 
Like, hopefully they make you happy. And you're like, I love my pets. Heather and I have two Boston Terriers, Daisy and Gatsby, after the great Gatsby. And we love Daisy and Gatsby. I pay a college guy twice a week to come to the house and takes care of them while we're at work. They are at our in-laws, my in-laws' house right now. We're like, we love Daisy and Gatsby. We may not talk a lot about them to you, but like, we love our dogs. Maybe too much sometimes. You can look at them and you're like, that's a special little thing there. Gatsby, he's kind of crazy. Heather had a Bible study. As he was a puppy, the girls passed him around and one of them said, he's so cute. I hope he always stays a puppy. And then one of them said, let's pray that he will. <laughs> Gatsby is the same size today as he was two and a half years ago when they prayed for him. <laughs> he never grew. Thank the Lord for those ladies. <laughs> Meanwhile, his sister Daisy is twice as big. We, they're great. I went to the Chattahoochee River yesterday afternoon for just a little bit and went fishing and had a great time. Like, you can tell that the Lord has blessed the birds of the air. He's blessed the fish of the sea. He's blessed the animals. Like, you can just look around and you're like, those are great. When I look at you and I think about how smart you are, how creative you are, how witty you are, uh, how resilient you are to, to sunburn, like all the things that a lot of you have experienced, I think, I think man, People are great, too. Like, he's blessed people. I think about all the different personalities in this room and gifts and makeups. One of you um, said after a weekend with a bunch of friends, said, you know what I learned? One of the things I learned was that it takes all the people to make something work, all the different personalities to make something work. We have every personality trait in the book in this room. It's a great thing. We're here gathered on a Tuesday night to learn about the Lord and to sing and to worship and to meet some new people. Like, He's blessed us people. And it's not hard for us to tell, like, he has blessed us people. But I don't think about a day of the week as like, oh, that's a blessed day. Now, Monday I know is not <laughs> a blessed day. But, like, maybe Saturdays, if you're, like, a football fan in the fall, except for this past year, maybe, maybe it's Fridays. Maybe you're like a weirdo and you love Wednesdays. I don't know what it is. Like you're like, I love hump day. We'll go Wednesday halfway through the work week. It's awesome. Like maybe that's you. But it's really important that we pay attention because we know about the creatures. Yes, they're clearly blessed. We know about people. Yes, God clearly has blessed them. But the same word is applied to a day of the week. And it says that he blessed the Sabbath. And now, what it says is, on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done. He rested on the, seventh, on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on that day, God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. The word rest, which is used multiple times in those couple of verses, that's the word Shabbat. I don't know if you've ever been to Israel. Uh, when you, go to, when you go to Israel, where's my, I've lost my slides. It's kind of par for the course with technology tonight. That's not what I wanted. Hey, Brandon, can you go to the slide for me? The one that says Shabbat Shalom. When you go to Israel, uh, when you go to Israel today, if you go on a Friday afternoon and you roll into Jerusalem, Heather and I have been five times, you roll into Jerusalem on a Friday afternoon. 
you will see cars parked on the side of the road, not close to anything. You'll see people walking. You'll see businesses shut down. It's like a giant Chick-fil-A everywhere on Sunday. People stop their cars and park them if they know the sun's about to set because we don't drive on the Sabbath. People close their businesses 20 or 30 minutes before sundown because they know we don't work on the Sabbath. There are elevators that stay open and running all day long for 24 hours. They're called Shabbat rest elevators so you don't have to push any buttons. The whole city tries to mimic what God did on the last day. God Shabbat, he rested. And so what do we do as a whole city? We Shabbat, we rest. And so what do they say to everyone? They say Shabbat Shalom, which means peace and goodness and mercy all, may it all be upon you for these 24 hours. Now, who, who doesn't think that sounds like a good idea? Like if all of us got together and we just said, hey, for 24 hours, we're shutting it down. And we only hope the best things happen to you and you have the best time for 24 hours as we don't do anything. That's like telling a bunch of grown-ups to take a nap every day. People are like, sign me up. Thank the Lord. Yes, I'm in. Well, this is a strong command as you continue through the Scriptures to honor this idea that God Shabbat, God rested. And so we should Shabbat, we should rest. And that word transliterated is where we get the word Sabbath. So I want to pause right here and give you a chance around the tables. This is the first one of those questions. What comes to your mind currently when you think about the idea of Sabbath? Ready, go. There's a, there's a fellow who passed away a couple of years ago by the name of Dallas Willard. Dallas Willard, uh, John Ortberg, who's a pastor out in California, he was on staff at, a, at another church in Chicago called Willow Creek for a while. Uh, he was mentored by Dallas Willard. There's a great little podcast that I've been listening to that uh, Claire Murray told me about that Heather has listened to that's really good. Um, it's, by, uh, it's by Jonathan uh, or John Mark Comer and uh, is it Jeff Bethke? Yeah. What's it called? That's right. Fight, Hustle, End, Hurry. It's little 26, 27-minute episodes, and it's all on this idea of, of rest and Sabbath and what it looks like in their lives. But they talk about this guy Dallas Willard a good bit, and he's been super influential in a lot of people's lives who's probably, if you've been a Christian for a while, had some sort of impact on you that you didn't even know originally it came from Dallas Willard, but Dallas Willard said to John Ortberg years ago, who John Ortberg then told uh, John Mark Comer, uh, he said, hurry is the great enemy of the spiritual life in our day. You must ruthlessly eliminate hurry in your life. 
And according to the original inscription, the original plan for the seven days of the week that we have, God has given us this one day a week, 24 hours, to intentionally eliminate hurry from your lives. Have you ever gone on vacation and come back more tired than when you left? Yes, that's not Sabbath. And you think it's Sabbath. You're like, this is Sabbath because I'm not working. I don't have my normal responsibilities. Somebody else is taking care of the pets or the yard or the thing or the whatever. I don't have to do it. And then you come back and you're like, why am I so tired? You had a great vacation. Just call it what it is. Vacations sometimes are tiring and sometimes they're relaxing. Sometimes you have good weather. Sometimes you have bad weather. But it's not Sabbath. So you ask, well, what is Sabbath? Well, Sabbath biblically is a day once a week. That's the next slide, Brandon. If we could switch over to that next slide. Oh, thank you very much. Sorry. Good man. Uh, What is Sabbath? Well, biblically, it's a day once a week when we do not work. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but on the seventh day is a Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall not do any work. That's from Exodus chapter 20, verses 9 and 10. I don't know if you know this, but in Exodus 20, that's where the Ten Commandments are found. Do you know which commandment has the most verses? The most words given to it are don't have any other gods before me. And accompanied with that is don't make any idols. The next commandment in line for having the most meat behind it, you would think it would be something like don't murder. It's this one. There's four verses given to the idea of, of Sabbath in the Ten Commandments. For the do not murder, it's like three words are given. God really wanted to hit home to Moses the idea that he had created a full 24-hour spot in the week to stop producing, to cease from working. I was reading about Elon Musk um, and his work week because I had heard about it on this podcast. They were talking about Elon Musk and his work week. And uh, I was like, surely he's changed. He averages uh, about uh, uh, somewhere close to 100 hours a week working. He schedules his schedule in five-minute increments. He doesn't answer the phone typically because he can respond in emails and text. He was quoted saying that of his sons, he can still hang out with them and be on email. What a dad. What a guy. His creativity and productivity is through the roof. Now, I don't know Elon. He might be amazing, but I wouldn't be shocked at all if he had a body count of people just laying behind him that have been crushed because of his drive to achieve and accomplish. I knew of a man who had, I think, the biggest church in the country for a while. And he was in Texas, because that's where all the big things are. And uh, a friend of mine who's retired in ministry went to this conference where he was speaking, and it was a closed room. It was a private, a private meeting. There were about 20 or so folks from some of the largest churches in the country, and they were gathered around to hear this man talk. And the man talked for a few minutes, and they were asking him questions about his ministry, And he went on and he said, fellas, my daughter hates me. 
They said, what are you talking about? You have like the most successful ministry there is. And he said, the ministry has been my machine. It's been my passion. It's been my job. I've never stopped working on it. And now my daughter won't talk to me. Now, when, you, when we wash up on the shores of heaven, do you think the Lord is going to say, show me what all you produced? That is awesome. Like, your portfolio is incredible. Or do you think things like the fruit of the Spirit might be measured? Let's look at the love, the joy, the peace, the patience, the kindness, the goodness, the gentleness, the faithfulness, and the self-control in your life. Let's look at the people that you loved and how you left them. One great question to ask is, if we're all about pursuit and achievement, who's coming to your funeral? Most of the people that are driven purely to pursuit and achievement the folks that are coming to their funeral are hoping that they get in on the will or they're coming to hope they put you all the way down the full six feet. But our culture, we work more now than we've ever worked. The size of American homes have quadrupled. The size of American families have gone in half. There's this idea that if I don't stop, I can't get all that I was supposed to get. Tell that to Chick-fil-A, they're doing fine. Just because they were closed on Sunday doesn't mean I won't visit on Monday. In fact, because of the stuff they put in their food, I'm there early on Monday. Like I crave it on Sunday. So I have a question for you then. How, how does YOLO and FOMO, how do they match up with this idea of biblical Sabbath? Because I think, and I want you to discuss this around your table for a second, I think the idea is, is pretty clear. The idea is, if I acquire more, I'll be more. If I do more, I'll be happier. And so how can I stop? And if I stop, I'll miss out. And if I miss out, then I won't have. And if I don't have, then I won't be happy. And here's the problem with that. We have more people on antidepressants than we've ever had. We have more people in counseling over anxiety than we've ever had. We have, we have professional tennis players walking off the court because of internal issues that are going on. And yet we tell people, keep going, keep going, keep working, keep striving, dig deeper, push harder, do more, achieve more, work harder, and you'll have it all. And it seems like the more we pursue that line, the more unhealthy we become. So how does the FOMO, YOLO culture out there, how does it conflict with the biblical idea of Sabbath, and what would the world look like? Here's the hypothetical for you to touch, around, touch on around your table. What would the world look like if we as believers all followed, without fault, once a week, taking a break? What would that look like in the YOLO FOMO culture? Ready?
So another quote by Dallas Willard. He said before he passed away, he said, and he was speaking to ministers in this quote, but he said, Sabbath is a way of life, quoting from Hebrews 4.3 and 9 through 11. Sabbath sets us free from the bondage to our own efforts. Only in this way can we come to the power and joy of a radiant life in ministry, a blessing to all we touch, and yet Sabbath is almost totally absent from the existence of contemporary Christians and their ministers. Part of the way that God has gifted us by giving us Sabbath is telling us, hey, I want you. And next week, I'm going to give you some of my practical how-tos, but I'll go ahead and give you a spoiler alert. What if for 24 hours, once a week, you didn't look at the stuff on here? You just put it down. What if for 24 hours, once a week, you didn't buy stuff? What if for 24 hours, once a week, you had a meal with family or really close friends, and you didn't have a time you had to be done? And the conversation was about the Lord. Anything about the Lord. And when you finish, you go for a little walk. It's not a hypothetical, weird, like that could never happen world. It's actually a command. Remember what we call those 10 things? The 10 commandments, not like the 10 suggestions. And we think, well, that's an Old Testament idea. I'm going to get into that in just a second. It's actually not an Old Testament idea. Those are affirmed over and over again in the New Testament by Jesus himself. So Sabbath in the Old Testament is talked about, I think, probably 200 times in the Old Testament narrative. And if we look at the next slide, you'll see it was also a year every seven years that God prescribed to his people. When God's covenant people would not sow seed, prune vines, or store up harvest. Leviticus 24, 4 through 7. And to the question, how are we going to eat in the seventh year? God replied, I will so order my blessing for you in the sixth year that it will bring forth the crop for the three years. Look, God said this. He said, I want you to Sabbath once a week. And that's in the Ten Commandments. And then he keeps going in the, in the Old Testament narrative and in the Pentateuch, and he says to the people, yeah, let me expound on Sabbath. And by the way, he expounds on all of those Ten Commandments at times. And he says, let me expound on Sabbath. I want you to Sabbath once a week. Rest. And you know the folks were like, good idea. And then he said, great. That's an easy one. I want you to Sabbath once a year every seven years. And they were like, say that again? He was like, yeah, I, I want you to not work in the fields one whole year every seven years. And you can imagine they're like, well, that's my bank account. I don't know how to pay for the, for the goats and stuff if you do that. Like, how am I going to send my kid to goat school? Like, how, how's that going to happen? How am I going to send my kid to, you know, to good Hebrew school? How are we going to do that? And the Lord said, if you honor me six years, I promise you, I'll take care of you threefold the seventh year. And then if you want to play that out, God also commands that every 50th year, the year of Jubilee, 
You have a Sabbath for everybody. And if somebody owes you money because you're in, uh, in real estate, you get to cancel their debts. So they get off scot-free, and you do without the money, and God takes care of the math. Slaves go free. People get their homes back. Can you imagine, like, man, the year's been hard. We're going to have to forfeit our home. 2020 was really tough. We lost our job. We're going to have to give up our home. And people are like, what year is it? They're like, it's year 47. Don't worry. Three more years. That sucker's ours again. (laughs) And it was, which meant that God said in his economy, you'll never run out of your home. Somebody else might be a tenant in it for a while, but I'm going to give it back to you. What is God doing over and over again? Way back when, he's saying the rest of the world is going to chase after the fear of missing out, and the rest of the world is going to go after these lines of you only live once, so go big or go home. And you, you people are going to live totally different. And once a week, I'm going to give you a a sobriety check where you're not caught up in the hustle. And we think, well, that's nice for them, but it's a commandment for us. Every Friday, I get off work on Thursdays, and um, it's ministry. I serve you. But I get off work on Thursdays. And, uh, and Thursdays are awesome. I love Thursdays. I'm knowing like, yes, Thursday afternoon, my Sabbath is going to start. And you may think like, you're just kind of making this up. No, like I am a sucker for Thursday evenings. And, uh, and so this Thursday, Heather and I are having uh, dinner with a couple, um, I think in the room, or at least half of them's in the room. We're having a little premarital counseling. It's going to be great. So my Sabbath isn't going to start until we finish that. But once we finish that, sorry, Jack, I know you're in here and you're hearing this. Spoiler alert, I'll still work when we have dinner. But once we get in the car and we start heading home, I'm telling you, I'm letting my hair down and it's going to get wild. Like, I mean, it's going to be awesome. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get home and uh, Heather's out of school and you don't get to know about that. But anyway, uh, like, just wanted you to know, like, hey, when you're married, come on, it's Thursday. (laughs) Heather's like, not anymore. Uh, And so anyway, but like. It's Thursday, and you know what? I know Thursday's awesome. I'm turning red, and I didn't mean to turn red. It's just funny. Uh, but I, and I did plan on saying that line earlier, so it's not just for the moment. Uh, but Thursdays are amazing because I know I have permission from God to not worry about you. And I worry about you like 24 hours a day, six days a week. But I have permission from God for one day to just trust you to him. And I can trust my family and Heather's family, and I can trust my friends, and I can trust all the people to the Lord. Because for one day of the week, he gets me. And usually there's a problem that's happened in the week, and I'll be wrestling with that a little bit, and I'll kind of go to bed mad at somebody, or I'll be thinking about something, or I'm like, man, this thing's eating me up, and I'll wake up Friday morning, and I'll be like, I'm not working today, but I sure am thinking about it. And, uh, and I'll have a longer, quiet time, and then I'll spend a little time with the Lord, and as the day goes on, uh, something magical happens around sometime between 11 and 1, almost every week. Sometime between 11 a.m. and 1 p.m., all becomes right with the world. And it's like I went on this vacation, like far, far away for months and months and months. And what, my, what used to be empty in my tank is all of a sudden back. 
and I'm listening to something good. I'm having time with the Lord. If Heather's working, she gets home from school. We go on a date night, Friday night. And you know what? Friday night when I go to bed, I think, man, I'm pretty sure I quit church when I left yesterday because I was so ready to quit. And when Saturday morning rolls around, I can't wait to be back. And I've been doing that for years. And I learned that from another man who's been doing that for years. And I'm telling you, it's just magical what happens when you give God 24 hours, one day a week. Everything else becomes okay. And in the New Testament, Jesus affirms, if you want some New Testament verses in Mark uh, Chapter 2, verses 23 through 28, it's a great passage where Jesus says that uh, the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath, and the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. Look, I have this custom-made shirt, not this one, but I have a custom-made shirt that a guy made for me, and he spent a lot of money to have a tailor come in. I only have one of these. I've only had one of these ever. But he came in, the tailor, and he had this book of fabrics, and he was like, which fabric? And I was like, that one. And he was like, okay. And I was like, maybe that one, because um, I didn't know. It's a whole book, and he's like, how do you want the buttons on the sleeves? and I was like, to work. Um, and he, like, he gave me all this stuff. He said, do you use your pocket? I was like, I don't use my pocket. He was like, no pocket. He was like, you want your initials on the sleeve? I was like, yeah, I want my initials on the sleeve. And, uh, and so like, he was like, what, what font? And I was like, I don't know. And anyway, I love this shirt. I still have this shirt because he told me it would outlast every other shirt I've ever had. And you know what? When I was born, that shirt did not exist. And if it did exist... I promise you my parents weren't like, boy, I hope he grows up to fit that shirt. No, because then I would be made for the shirt. But that shirt was a gift that was made for me. And it fits me great. That's what the Sabbath is. The Sabbath is made for you. It's a gift that fits you perfect whether it's Monday or Friday or Saturday or Tuesday, whatever it is, you've been given this gift. The question is, will you take it? And I promise you next week when we start walking through this incredible journey in the Old Testament, you're going to see there's major problems when we don't take it. In Matthew chapter 12, Jesus affirms the Sabbath. In Luke Chapter 9, he exhibits the Sabbath. He sends the guys out on a mission trip. Incredible things happen. He comes back. Uh, they feed 5,000 people, and the disciples are like, let's keep going. And Jesus says, no, come away with me. He forces them to take Sabbath. But, you know, I think the most in incredible thing that gives us illustration and should give us pause on did Jesus honor the Sabbath and should we honor the Sabbath because Jesus honored the Sabbath is because of this. Three years ago, three Easter's ago, two and a half years ago, Heather and I were driving to, to Alabama and I was asked to do Easter out at this golf course, which sounds like a real labor of love. Um, but we did it. We suffered for the Lord. It was beautiful. Went out there. There was a wedding the night before. The whole wedding party came out to this sunrise Easter service on the golf course, and it was awesome. And on the way down, I said, Heather, I think it's so interesting, the timing of when Jesus died. And I started going into this dialogue, and Heather said, you know there's a song about that. And I was like, nope. And she played me the song, and I was like, I'm not the first person to have that thought. All right, great. So, 
What in Genesis chapter 1, and this is how we're landing the plane tonight, in Genesis chapter 1, when does a day start? What is it? And there was evening and there was morning, day one. And there was evening and there was morning, day two. And so on and so on. So when does the sixth day or the seventh day, the day of rest, the Shabbat, when does that start? Friday evening. We start our calendar wrong. The last day of the week is Saturday. We start our, we, we think of Sunday, first day, maybe last day. We're all confused over here. And God's calendar, Saturday is the Shabbat. And Saturday starts on Friday evening. Now, you know Jesus wasn't going to mess up God's calendar. He wasn't going to mess up the Father's calendar. And so, Monday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, all the way up until evening time on Friday, God worked. And then right as the sun was setting on Friday evening, God sat back and rested, and all creation rejoiced at the work he had done. I want to read you the lyrics to an Andrew Peterson song as we wrap up. So they took his body down. The man who said he was the resurrection and the life was lifeless on the ground. The sky was red as blood along the blade of night. As Sabbath fell, they shrouded him in linen. They dressed him like a wound. The rich man and the women, they laid him in the tomb. Six days shall you labor. The seventh is the Lord's. In six he made the earth and all the heavens, but he rested on the seventh. God rested. He said that it was finished, and the seventh day he blessed it. God rested. So they laid their hopes away. They buried all their dreams about the kingdom he proclaimed, and they sealed them in the grave, and, on the holy, and a holy silence fell on all Jerusalem. But the Pharisees were restless, Pilate had no peace. Peter's heart was reckless. Mary couldn't sleep. But God rested. Six days shall you labor. The seventh is the Lord's. In six he made the earth and all the heavens. But he rested on the seventh. God rested. He worked till it was finished. And on the seventh day he blessed it. And he said that it was good. And the seventh day he blessed it. God rested. The sun went down. The Sabbath faded. The holy day was done, and all creation waited. All the work was done by God in six days. All the work was done by Jesus and finished right at Sabbath. And while the rest of the world hurried and ran around and wondered, is he gone? Will he ever come back? Are our hopes all dashed? God stayed faithful to where he started in Genesis. And on the last day of the week, he Sabbathed. And then early in the morning on the first day of the week, the resurrected Lord was spotted. 
If Jesus can let the whole world wonder, what is going on? Is he not going to come back? What's happening? What's going on with him? If he can demonstrate by his death a rest on that seventh day, so can we. So over the next seven days, my challenge is for you to find a time to rest. And if you want to talk more about what that looks like between now and then, I'm happy to. But next week, I'm going to give you a whole list of what it looks like to rest, how to do it, and what happens if you don't. As we wrap up tonight, we're going to do a couple of worship songs thinking about the Lord. And maybe in the process, you need to have a confession time where you confess and you say, Lord, I haven't been in Sabbath. I haven't been in rest. And as we wrap up tonight, if you want somebody to pray with you, come over to this table over here. And if you're new, come over and let us know, and we'll, uh, we'll say hello and get you to fill a card out and contact you this week. I'm going to turn it over to you, Will. Lead us in a little worship as we close out tonight.